suppose there was a book, one single book, with marvelous mysteries that, if solved, would open the door to all of life's most valuable prizes. Suppose there was a book, one single book, with marvelous mysteries that, if solved, would yield amazing health, wealth, and perpetual joy, and would even deliver the secret of everlasting life, where today is the best day of my life and where tomorrow would be better. Now, suppose there existed the master of mysteries, who would freely reveal them all. Would you like to meet him? There is such a book, one single book, and there is one who is the master of all mysteries. The book is, in English, the authorized King James Version of the Holy Bible, and the master of mysteries is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Jesus revealed the secret to the greatest mystery that man can know in John chapter 3, 3 through 8. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Have you participated in the greatest mystery man can know? Have you been born again, born a very real second time, this time of the Spirit of God? In just a few minutes, you will make a decision that will dramatically affect the rest of your life and will dictate your eternal state. Follow me in a simple prompt, and today, all your sin and its ugly shame will be expunged from your record. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken, no matter how big they loom. Today, everything in your life will become new, even your name. Are you ready? Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. For you, the veil over the greatest mystery man can know is about to lift. Now for today's subject. God said, Mark 16, 17, and 18, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. God said, Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God said, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
Man said, I've got all the answers I need. So what if I'm chronically depressed? So what if I don't know where I came from, why I'm here, and where I'm going? So what if I'm hooked on booze and dope, hatred and pornography? So what if I don't know which bathroom to use? I've got all the answers I need. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1009. All of these glorious features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the ever-raging battle for the lost souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's mercy and grace be multiplied unto you. Mystery number two in the God Said, Man Said series, Seven Greatest Mysteries for Man to Know, is also the second greatest miracle man can experience, and that is to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Luke 3.16, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, a latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost was not just for the infant church. No, not by a long shot. Acts 2, 38 and 39, let me read it again. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children." and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is separate and apart from the born-again experience, although in many instances it happens on the same day. Again, the promise is, unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost is commonly known as the birthday of the church and a title well-deserved. On this day, the apostles and disciples, who feared for their lives and had sequestered themselves in the upper room, received the gift of the Holy Ghost and burst out onto the streets of Jerusalem and won 3,000 souls to Jesus Christ in what appears to have been just minutes. Jesus promised the church the power to perform, and power from on high, supernatural Holy Ghost power was supplied. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is how it happened when the Holy Ghost was for, first poured out upon the church, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. When the gift of the Holy Ghost is imparted unto the child of God, the same Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep of the waters during God's creation week now dwells in him, and actually dwells in the belly. 
Jesus speaks in John seven thirty eight and 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. When received, the Spirit of God is centered in the belly and not in the brain. Does that sound strange to you? Does some cognitive activity actually take place in the belly? Note two of the functions filled by the Holy Ghost in John fourteen twenty six, and then consider the following excerpts from the God said, man said feature, the Holy Ghost and your belly. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. December 1996, in the Ladies' Home Journal, in an article titled, How Smart Is Your Stomach?, it was reported that scientists now believe there is a brain in your gut. Dr. J.D. Wood, chairman of the physiology department of Ohio State University, actually calls the brain in your gut the little brain. This belly brain is really quite large, touting 100 million neurons, which line the digestive tract from the esophagus to the colon. The brain in the gut, which is scientifically termed the enteric nervous system, has as many neurons, which are information centers, as the spinal cord. The following paragraph in this article reveals some very interesting observations. The little brain is connected to the big brain by the vagus nerves, a bundle of nerve fibers running from the GI tract to the head. And to the fascination of researchers, virtually all the classes of neurotransmitters found in the brain are also present in the gut. The more we learn about the enteric nervous system, the more similar it seems to the brain, says Michael Gershon, M.D., chairman of anatomy and cell biology at Columbiana University College of Physicians and Surgeons in New York City. Imagine, your belly brain, the little brain, can know something before the brain between your ears does. The concept of gut feeling is known by all. A pediatrician was giving instruction to new parents in an article in Parenting Magazine, and he said, The best advice I can give you is to trust your gut. It's your best tool. What spirit dwells in your belly has a real and dramatic effect on your belly. Earlier I quoted the passage that said the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. If the spirit of fear and anxiety dwells in your belly, it can cause things such as ulcers, skin disorders, nervous stomachs, heart attack, and more. This should come as no surprise. Also note that the scriptures refer to a cognizance in the bowels of the human. Keep in mind the little brain goes from the esophagus to the colon, end of quote. Cognitive activity does take place in the belly. When this great mystery is discovered and when this great miracle is received, the initial signature manifestation will be supernaturally speaking unto God in an unknown tongue. The believer will speak unto God in a language he can't naturally speak. The Apostle Paul defines this relationship in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue... 
My spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. When detail is given and one receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the Scriptures, they are speaking in an unknown tongue. When Jesus defines a believer, we find these markers listed in Mark 16, 17, and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe, and my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Scientists Study Speaking in Tongues, and Holy Ghost Part 1. The issue we'll examine in this series is one of, if not the most polarizing doctrines of the Word of God. God said, man said, understands that we will become the enemy of many for declaring the scriptural position on this matter, but the message is too foundationally critical to neglect. Galatians 4.16 comes to mind, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? First, let it be known, as has been recited on this website many times, God said, man said, has no denominational affiliation. Denomination, by definition, means division. Jesus Christ created the body of Christ, which fully transcends religious organizations founded only partially on the Word of God. The world is filled with the miraculous, especially in the lives of those who demonstrate childlike faith. In one particular way, it is demonstrated in the lives of millions who have received the baptism with the Holy Ghost, just as the saints of old did on the day of Pentecost when they began to speak in unknown tongues in languages they personally did not and still do not understand. If you, if you would like more information on this subject, click on the Holy Ghost Part 1, the beginning of a five-part series on this subject. The Holy Ghost series answers from the Scriptures in some detail ten critical questions. Following are the ten questions and ten very brief answers. Question one. What is the very first commandment Jesus Christ gives to his infant church? Answer. The last words of Jesus and the first commandment to the infant church was to tarry until they receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Question two. Are people automatically baptized with the Holy Ghost the day they are saved? Answer. The baptism with the Holy Ghost is a separate and distinct supernatural occurrence that follows the born-again experience. Question 3. How did the saints of old get baptized with the Holy Ghost? Answer. When the saints of old received the baptism with the Holy Ghost and detail was given, they spoke in unknown tongues. Question 4. How did the apostles recognize one who was baptized with the Holy Ghost? Answer. The manifestation recognized by Peter at Cornelius' house, indicating that the people in fact had received the baptism with the Holy Ghost, is that he heard them speak with tongues. Question 5. What is the purpose of the baptism with the Holy Ghost? Answer. Four foundational functions of the Holy Ghost are as follows. Supernatural teacher supernatural memory, supernatural power, and supernatural prayer life. Question 6. Do Christians get baptized with the Holy Ghost today? Answer. Yes. 
Christians do get baptized with the Holy Ghost today, just as they did on the day of Pentecost. Worldwide estimates of those who are part of the Pentecostal charismatic movement range from a low of 130 million to more than 580 million. Question 7. Were the baptism with the Holy Ghost, gifts of the Spirit, and miracles only for the days of the apostles? Answer 7. The baptism with the Holy Ghost with signs following is for today. Again, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is, to, is unto you and to your children." and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Question 8. Do the baptism with the Holy Ghost and the nine gifts of the Spirit serve separate functions? Answer. The baptism with the Holy Ghost and the nine gifts of the Spirit do serve separate functions. Question 9. Is speaking with new tongues a phenomenon that began in 1906? Is that which is perfect already come? 1 Corinthians 13.10. Answer 9. The baptism with the Holy Ghost and glossolalia did not begin in 1906, and that which is perfect is yet to come. Believers have been speaking in tongues since the day of Pentecost. Question number 10. How can a Christian receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost today? Answer. The baptism with the Holy Ghost is received today just as it was on the day of Pentecost, with simple, childlike faith. Visit the five-part series on the Holy Ghost on God Said, Man Said. Inside article number five, you will be instructed on how to receive the marvelous gift of the Holy Ghost. Do not take a shortcut. Be prepared for the miraculous. A new scientific discovery again confirms the accuracy of the Word of God. The Word that was written thousands of years prior to modern-day academia's latest musings. This will be just another proof that God is, that he authored the scriptures and will hold all men accountable to them at a soon coming judgment day. I often say when ministering the baptism with the Holy Ghost that the spiritual action never goes above the nose. When one speaks in, a, in tongues, the brain between your ears is disengaged. Jesus, referring to the Holy Ghost, speaks of the belly in a most amazing way. John seven thirty eight and 39 he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because the Jesus was not yet glorified. A term often mentioned concerning the moving of the Holy Ghost in an individual is that the Spirit of God wells up within him. This swelling up begins in the stomach and typically finds release as that believer shouts or sings praises unto God. Very often it will take on the form of speaking in tongues. The following news release was published in UPI November 7, 2006 under the heading, Fascinating Discovery, Brain Activity Declines as Subjects Speak in Tongues, it reads. Medical scientists at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine have measured regional cerebral blood flow while subjects spoke in tongues, discovering there was decreased brain activity in the subjects during the process. We noticed a number of changes that occurred functionally in the brain, said the principal investigator, Dr. Andrew Newberg, 
an associate professor of radiology, psychiatry, and religious studies. Our finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinating because these subjects truly believe the Spirit of God is moving through them to speak. Our brain imaging research shows us that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers during this activity, which is consistent with their description of a lack of intentional control while speaking in tongues. According to the UPI report, the research appears in the November issue of the Journal of Psychiatry Research, uh, Neuroimaging, end of quote. The lead paragraphs in a November 2 UP news track story read, uh, U.S. scientists in a first-of-its-kind study have found decreased brain activity in people speaking in tongues, a condition known as glossolalia. The unusual mental state is associated with some religious traditions and occurs when people appear to be speaking in an incomprehensible language yet perceive it to have great personal meaning, end of quote. The scriptures record, as quoted earlier in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Thousands of years before science arrives, God is already there. Speaking in tongues is perfect praise and prayer and is the function of the Holy Ghost. The cognitive area of the brain is basically bypassed. This is exactly what science is finding out. End of quotes. The following excerpt is from neurological scientist Andrew Newberg, M.D., and co-author Mark Waldman in the book, How God Changes Your Brain. Glossolalia, as it is academically called, is not a form of contemplative meditation. Rather, it is a type of spontaneous verbal monologue that may or may not be accompanied by body gyrations and shaking, similar to ecstatic trances found in various spiritual and shamanic traditions. Instead of focusing one's attention on a specific phrase or ideal, which increases activity in the frontal lobe, the practitioner surrenders voluntary control and thus a significant degree of ordinary consciousness by deliberately slowing down frontal lobe activity. This, in turn, allows the limbic area of the brain to become more active, which neurologically increases the emotional intensity of the experience. End of quote. Speaking in an unknown tongue is unknown to the speaker. We were made to interface with God's Spirit, but that union was lost in the Garden of Eden. This glorious union is restored when one becomes born again and truly multiplied when the believer is baptized in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is known as the Comforter, John 14, 15-17, and also acts as God's purging fire that purifies His children of untoward deeds. This mighty baptism delivers four very powerful benefits to the believer. 1 and 2, John 14, 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost is our onboard personal tutor and supernatural memory. 3, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem 
and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The infilling of the Holy Ghost delivers supernatural power. Number four, Romans eight twenty six and 27, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Ghost is a supernatural prayer language. Since the mid-1900s, SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, has positioned big satellite dishes pointing into space so that they might hear radio wave communications that would prove there is life in outer space. They haven't heard any, by the way. One university offers a course on what to say to an extraterrestrial if you should happen to run into one. Phrases like, hello. Dazzling, don't you think? When the born again are baptized in the Holy Ghost, they begin to speak in a new supernatural language that goes directly to God's ears. God, the extraterrestrial of all extraterrestrials. The question is often posed, what is the purpose of praying in an unknown tongue if you don't know what you're saying? The answer, in part, is that you don't know exactly who you are, nor do you know exactly what you need, or even what will happen at 3 p.m. today, but the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, does. I am reminded of a young fellow to whom I ministered the baptism of the Holy Ghost several decades ago. He was attending a particular university seeking an advanced degree in psychology. When this young man received the baptism, he spoke a phrase repeatedly in a language unknown to him. The next day, he asked an expert language professor if that phrase was known to him. The professor, excuse me, the professor replied he was speaking an ancient form of Latin, and the phrase he had been repeating was, My fault, my fault, my most grievous fault. Romans eight twenty six and 27 again. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost also opens the door to the nine ministry gifts of the Holy Ghost found in 1 Corinthians 12. The second greatest mystery of all time and the second greatest miracle is the baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. If you have not received this gift like they did on the day of Pentecost, click on the God Said, Man Said, Holy Ghost series. Follow along in this series and in feature five, Expect to participate in the second greatest miracle man can know. Remember, do not skip ahead. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost but rarely have prayed in the Spirit, visit the Holy Ghost series and your situation will change now. You are invited to participate in the marvelous mystery and miracle of the gift of the Holy Ghost. We cannot afford to neglect this invitation. This is the open door to the presence of God. Genesis 1, verse 2, And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and now the same Spirit can dwell in you. 
God said, Mark 16, 17, and 18, And these signs shall follow them that believe, and my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. God said, Luke three sixteen. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, a latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God said, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Man said, I've got all the answers that I need. So what if I'm chronically depressed? So what if I don't know where I came from, why I'm here, or where I'm going? So what if I'm hooked on booze and dope, hatred and pornography? So what if I don't know which bathroom to use? I've got all the answers I need. Now you have the record.